The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, for the 2015 April's Leaders Retreat. More information about Campus Outreach Minneapolis can be found at cominneapolis.org. So if you guys don't answer questions a little bit like last night, like it's a longer pause, 
I'm gonna get super insecure. So when I ask a question, you actually have to answer right away. That's correct. So when we talk about the heart, why would we talk about wanting to get to the heart? Jesus got to the heart a lot. Good. Any other thoughts? Deeper fixes, maybe, versus just shallow things. It's the center of who you are. Yeah. So it's like, why would we settle for like not what's not the center of who we are? Yeah. Um, a verse that I looked at kind of is why would we want to get to the heart is in Matthew 15, um, verse 8, and it's Jesus talking. Um, and he says, This people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Um, so I think most people would say, like, we believe that in order for someone to be saved and for the gospel to change their lives, um, their hearts have to be changed. So the heart has a significant role not only in salvation, but a significant role in sanctification. So the more you know about God, the more it affects your heart. Um, and the, the more, um, as a non-believer, the more you see God if your heart is truly believe your heart has changed. Um, but when Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from, from me. What When I look at that verse, what I see is that it's possible to have your actions and your brain conform to what God wants for you without your heart actually drawing you to him, without your heart actually being changed. Um, and so when we think about discipleship and wanting to get to the heart, um, we want to get to the heart because we don't want Matthew 15, 8 to be true. We don't want people to honor God with their lips or to understand the truth or to be really good at the inductive method or courageously go onto the beach or, you know, whatever it would be a project, um, but have their hearts far from God. What we want is the opposite. We want people to honor God with their lips because their hearts have been drawn to him and changed um, by what he's done for us on the cross. And so our job this summer, and in ways as a believer, the rest of our lives, our job is to, for ourselves and for the people around us, fight to push the truth of the gospel into the deepest part of who we are. Um, yes, but we're up against a lot. Um, I could, I, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of verses on the heart, but here's three that I feel like are helpful in kind of giving us a picture of what we're up against in the, in the desire to push the gospel into the core of who we are. So, does somebody want to look up Jeremiah 17, 9? Yes. Oh, thanks, Dan. Um, and does somebody want to look up Proverbs 20, verse 5? I'll do it. And then Mark 7, 21. Thank you. Um, okay, whenever you guys get there, you can read them. So again, this is a picture of what are we up against? When dealing with human heart. This is Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And the Proverbs? Proverbs 25. The purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will dry it out. And then 7:21. From within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery. Oh, I did this last time. Um, can, you keep, can you keep reading through 23? Coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Yep. So, off of those three verses, what are we up against in trying to get to the heart? 
for you to do things. Done, let's pray. <laughs> um, yeah, every evil thing. What else? My verse says it's deceitful and sick and hard to understand. Yeah. So confusion, tricky. Also, that last time, hard is tricky. Yeah, I think especially even in Proverbs 20, um, it's like deep waters. There's this sense of it's so hard to explore. So if you think about even in Bible times, you know, now we have a lot of technology. There's been a lot of underwater exploration. So we kind of understand at least somewhat of what's going on underneath the ocean. Um, but just to think about that, like the heart of a man is like deep waters. Basically, in, in Bible times, all you could see what was was the surface of the water. And I mean, there were fishermen, so they kind of had an understanding of, like, there's creatures underneath this. Um, but just the idea of looking at the ocean and having zero idea of what's going on underneath it, and that's what they would <laughs> compare the heart to, I think is a, is a in ways, a somewhat of a comforting thing to think. It's just, our own hearts are just beyond being able to fully comprehend. There's so much going on down there that we don't so, based on those verses, I kind of have three observations about the heart. Um, number one, the heart is, we're dealing with sinful hearts. Um, that's what we're up against in um, getting to the heart. Um, we have wounded hearts. Um, and then number three, we have confusing hearts. Um, and number one, sinful hearts is really obvious, especially in Mark 7. Um, our hearts, because of the fall, because of the curse, because of our rejection of God, basically, our hearts spew things that are defiling. Our hearts are full of envy and slander and sexual immorality and murder and adultery, and you can go on and on. But basically, there's just filth coming out of who we are um, because we're sinful. Um, and so, if you think about kind of the definition of sin, it's anything that's going against God. And so, if you think about that list and all that's going on there, um, when we talk about we want to get to the heart, it's like, oh my gosh, it's a pretty significant barrier because our hearts are full of things that push up against God and don't want God. Um, and so getting to the heart through a sinful heart is an overwhelming thing. And then on top of that, and the Bible doesn't have a ton of verses that talk about this. I mean, David does a little bit, but just the idea of wounded hearts I think being in full-time ministry and just knowing my own life, it's like, oh my gosh, like, not only do we, are we full of sin, but if you, if we all just took a, a second and thought about um, the sin that has been done to us and the wounds that have been caused because of that, um, it's almost overwhelming to think about. And so, to think, we're not only dealing with sinful hearts, but we're dealing with hearts that are wounded, and so... Not only do we not want God, but we might not even be able to understand good emotions like love and certain things that we've warped the way that we think about God and the way that we can accept God and so and the way that we interact and accept and treat others. And so to just think, oh my gosh, not only have we have all this sin coming out of us, but we've had all this sin done to us that just makes the idea of getting to the heart uh, really hard. And if you think about so if you think about what happens when you've been wounded, you know, you develop scar tissue. So not only is are we sinful, but we have scar tissue because of sin that has been done to us. And then the last thing, 
simple hearts, wounded hearts, and then confusing hearts. I mean, that's in a couple different verses that we looked at. Who can understand it? Um, a purpose of a man's heart is like deep water. And so it's, it's crazy, but if you think about it, like we are human beings that have a center of emotion and desires, but we actually don't have the ability to fully comprehend our own soul, our own emotions and desires. Um, and talking about it, it takes a man of understanding to draw it out. Um, and so with those three things, um, the idea of getting to the heart. Like we're going to talk in 10 minutes in a workshop about getting to the heart. It's like, wow, we're actually kind of up against a lot. Um, but despite those three things, um, the encouraging thing um, is that we are up against a lot, but God's, when you think about God's promise to his people, he promises that he's going to be the one to soften, save, and sanctify hearts. And so whether you're dealing with someone in your room who has a hard heart to the point of unbelief, who's not a believer, not trusting in Jesus, or just, you know, like all of us, confusing, broken, wounded, sinful, not letting the gospel push down into the deepest parts of who they are. In both of those cases, God promises to be the one that does the work that needs to be done in the hearts. Um, most of you, I'm sure, know this verse, but it's Ezekiel 36, 26. God's talking to his people, and he says, I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Um, and then there's verses, you know, that talk about he who began a good work and he will be faithful to bring it to completion. And so if you look at God's role and God's interaction with the human heart throughout the Bible, he is taking the responsibility um, solely to be the one that works in the human heart. Um, and so that should be a, a breath of fresh air or a kind of sigh of relief to all of us, including myself who am on staff and, I mean, wake up most days thinking, okay, what am I going to say to her? How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to talk about this thing? And in, in a lot of ways, it's just a really, really big thing to think. God has taken it upon himself, the primary, the, the sole responsibility of changing people's hearts um, and sanctifying us and pressing the gospel down deep in who we are. And so that makes me feel a huge sense of relief. Um, but the cool thing is, as believers, as someone whose heart has been changed by the gospel, God lets us participate in the sanctification and the salvation if we're doing evangelism um, of other people. And so that's kind of an honoring thing if you think about we actually have no power to do anything, but God lets us participate in it anyway. It's kind of like a kid, you know, like a mom's making dinner, and she's like, yeah, why don't you chop this? And it's like, you're actually doing nothing, but um, God lets us participate in it, which is really cool. Um, so if if you're nervous this summer, or if you're overwhelmed this summer, or you feel scared about, how am I going to get to the heart of the people in my room? It really is a breath of fresh air, and a sigh of relief to think, God's doing it. I get to be a part of it, but he's really doing it. Um, so five practicals, um, I said this earlier, but they're not really that practical because I'm not a very practical person. So they're more, it's like five thoughts um, that could be thought of as somewhat practical. Um, number one, so kind of like, how do you do this? Okay, so we're talking about the heart and why, but what does that look like? I'm going to be a leader this summer and like, tell me what to do. Um, what might that look like? So the first thing that I would say is, in thinking about this on a practical level, when you're in a one-on-one, -on -one, when you're in a D group, when you're interacting with the people that you're sort of 
given for the summer. The first thing that I would say is humility is key. <coughs> I think it's helpful to remember, you know, what we just talked about. God is the one that's working. Um, but also just, like, to get grounded in a real sense of, like, you are just a couple years older than these people. Maybe not even. They might be older than you. Um, and some of them will probably have been believers longer than you. Um, and some of them might be more articulate than you. Some of them might be nicer than you. You know, you could go through this whole thing. And um, I think my first summer uh, as a room leader, you know, I sat at this retreat and I kind of thought, like, okay, I'm like writing all these notes, I have all these ideas. Um, I have some really great questions that I'm going to ask them, and by the end of the summer, they'll be completely a completely different person, and that's because I asked these questions. And, you know, basically just, just sort of the sense of, like, I, I think I can help them. I think I really have a lot to offer. And, um, and I think what I didn't realize is that it's God who does the work. And just that I, who, who is Ann Nelson to think that a couple months with me would somehow, like, transform someone's life? Um, and so I think humility is key. I think it, it saves you from a lot of pitfalls. Um, and I think it keeps you from coming across as, I'm your leader. I'm here to fix you and change you. And it just brings you to a place where you can just kind of enter as, I don't have all that much to offer, except that I have the gospel, and I believe that this is the best news for me and for you. Can I walk alongside of you in this? So I think humility is key. Um, number two um, ask a lot of questions and listen. Um, I think um, when I think about my personality um, in thinking about one-on-ones and groups, I so I have something I don't know if you guys know the strengths finder, but I have something called strategic thinking um, and ideation. And so basically, like my favorite thing to do is to listen to someone talk, and as they're talking, I'm putting pieces together and saying, okay, she said this, but probably means this. Okay, she said this, but also means which connects to this. So it can be really easy for me at the end of a one-hour time to be like, okay, here's my grand conclusion. You have a lot of pride. It's connected to this, which is making this happen. You know, I like to draw this map. I'm like, this is what's wrong with you. Um, and and to, in the process, not really listen to what is going on in someone's heart. Again, remembering people are sinful, people are wounded, and people are confusing. And so the verse that talks about a man of understanding draws out, um, I think the drawing out looks like asking a lot of questions. Um, and listening a lot. Because drawing out wouldn't mean watches them for a minute and then has three massive conclusions about their life. Drawing out is a slow process. And so I just think your level of understanding and humility can be sort of gauged in how many questions are you asking. Are you doing most of the talking or are you listening? Um, and in Q&A, we can talk more about, you know, if you have more questions about what those questions are like. Or one-on-one, I'd love to talk about them. Um, so ask a lot of questions and listen. Number three, um, be careful of sin hunting. Uh, I think that um, I've just seen this in my own life and ministry. Um, you know, I think we have really, really, I think we have really good theology because of the church that we go to and because of the background of Canvas Outreach. And so it's central to what we believe is, like it says in Mark 7, People are sinful because of the fall. We're fully depraved, total depravity. Um, but I think that in ways we can get oversimplistic in um, every problem that someone has can be traced back to you. Like this is a sin in your life, and so you know, in the deeper um, to think, 
this girl isn't talking. I ask questions and she won't respond. Everyone else is talking, she's not talking. She struggles with fear of man. She's a sinner. You know, here's the sin. And I think, you know, asking questions and getting to know her, you can realize she might have walked through a goose. And so she's not talking, not because, you know, this isn't a, necessarily a sin to pinpoint in her life. I'm sure there's sin in the midst of it. But the main problem right now is she's been severely hurt. Um, and it's full of fear. And that's why she's not sharing. And so I think the idea of sin hunting to think we need to get to the heart of the sin in some ways is a really good thing because we're all sinners and if you look at that list in Mark 7 like there's a ton of stuff going on but I think um, in ways that can be oversimplistic and just not really loving to be like okay we're going to sit down I'm going to tell them all of the ways that I think they're in sin um, I think curiosity and question asking and listening and humility really kill the sort of sin hunting tendency that I think some of us can have including myself um, number four um, things to remember, God's word has better answers for them than we do. Um, just practically, I like in one-on-ones or in the group to almost always, if I can, have the Bible open at some point. Um, because, I, again, I think if we're drawing someone's heart out, if we're hearing, here are the wounds in my life. Just some frolickers in the woods. Um... <laughs> um if we're drawing someone's heart out um, and we're trying to ask questions and get to what's going on inside someone, um, and then I'm like, here's my, here's my thought, uh, that's a, that can be a really good thing, but I think to say, here's a promise of God that applies to the thing that you're walking through. Or that reminds me of what God taught me when I was walking through a similar thing, and it's in Philippians, and here's, here's the verse. Um, and I just think, if we're trying to press the gospel down deep into someone's heart, what better way to do it than applying the word to what people are walking through. Um, and then the last thing would be, um, number five, fight to understand yourself, because the more you know yourself, the more you can help others know themselves. And um, that can be a little bit of an overwhelming task, you know, especially thinking, like, okay, we've got a couple um, a couple weeks, really, until project. Um, so just get a really good understanding of yourself in these two weeks, and then you'll be a great group leader. Um, but I just think, that's not what I mean. Um, but I think remembering that the more you understand your own heart, the more you become kind of a curious and um, introspective person to, for you, the more you seek to draw your own heart, I think the better you are at helping other people understand themselves. Um, just an example with that would be, I think this semester, God, God has revealed a lot of ways where shame has kind of colored the way that I've seen the world and seen my relationships. And, I mean, that's like a brand new thing for me. And it's just so interesting because as I've walked through it, I've read some books on it, I've looked at a lot of verses, I've done a lot of journaling and thinking about my past. And, um, and it's been so interesting because I feel like in times with people that I'm hanging out with, they're talking to me and I'm like, oh, you know what, that actually kind of sounds like shame, well, the way you said that. And do you think that maybe, and here's a verse that, and, and I would not have even... I mean, I would be like, wow, that sucks. I mean, I wouldn't have. But I just think, I think that God is teaching me about my own issues with shame. And so um, it's helping me to see that in other people. So all I have to say, I think, learn yourself and know yourself and ask people questions like, hey, what do you see in my life? Or, hey, how do I come across? Or is there anything in my life that you think are like patterns that, you know, even if it's not sin, are there patterns of behavior with ways that I interact with people that you've seen? So ask people about yourself. 
open up the word, you know, be introspective, think about who you are, because I think the more you apply the gospel to the deepest parts of you, the better you are at applying the gospel, or helping apply the gospel to the deepest parts of other people. Okay, I'm taking forever. Um, the last thing, um, I just had a list of a couple books to read that are helpful on this topic. Um, two of them I've read, one I haven't. Um, but the first one is called Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You. It's a really small book, um, and it's written by a couple of different um, like counselors and doctors, psychologists. Um, it's very, very helpful. I read it a couple different times, um, and I just feel like it gives you an understanding of sin and wounds and how do you press through to be who God's made you to be in the midst of those things. Um, and then the second one is called Idols of the Heart, and it's by Elise Fitzpatrick. I just finished reading that, and um, again, it just kind of helps you understand like what, what goes on deeply in your heart when you try to suck life from other things that aren't Christ. Um, and the last one I actually haven't read, but I've heard really good things about it. It's called How People Change by Paul David Tripp. I think it would be a similar, a similar helpful thing in just kind of understanding who you are and what goes on inside of you, and how you apply the gospel to your own heart. Um, okay, well, I'm done. Um, so Deb's going to come up, and then we'll do Q&A at the end. So. This is a Bible study, and uh, yeah, I'm going to try to go fast. I, I like the Q&A time that we did last time, so I'm really bad at going fast, though, so we'll just see how it goes. First thing, though, okay? Everyone got a Bible? Yeah. Or a cell phone? We're going to do sword drill. Yes. Oh, yeah. People know what a sword drill is? Yeah. All right, everyone have their Bible, their cell phone? Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah, you can. Whatever you got, just use your resources, okay? <laughs> So everyone, Bible, Bible above, or resource above their head. Okay, this is what we do. So when I say the verse, we're going to race to find it, okay? We're going to race to find it. And the first person to get it, stand up. Hit people with your cell phone. Okay. So, you guys ready? Here it is. This is, this is the sword drill. Amos 5, 4 through 5. I know exactly where it is. Minor prophet for real, dog. Amos 5, 4 through 5. Oh, 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 wow. Brown got it, and he punched Jacob. Oh, wow. Woo! <laughs> okay. Dan, you got it? Uh, it's 5, 4, and 5. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to stand up and read that for everyone, too? For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, and do not enter into Gilgal, or cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into exile, and Bethel shall come to nothing. That's almost sounds like, did I read the right verse? But no, you read, you totally read the right verse. Okay, this is actually a little extreme. <laughs> so we're not actually going to use that. That doesn't apply to what we're talking about at all. Um, that's that's a that's a subtle jab at Bethel for for no reason other than Bethel. Bethel is in the Bible. So um, that's ironic. Oh, yeah. Do not do not seek Bethel. Okay. Um, Alright guys, I got I got a question now. Guys, I got a question now. Guys, I got a question now. Okay. So what I'm curious about is when I said, alright, we're gonna do a sword drill. I'm wondering if you guys would give me some honest answers. How did you feel when I when I suggested that? Nervous, excited, like what are what were some of the feelings as you hear that? Angry. 
<laughs> Anger. Yeah. Okay. So some people had a tactical advantage. Yeah. It was unfair. Okay. Okay. Any, anything else? Yeah. Sorry. Going back to my childhood until they said Amos. I was like, oh shoot. Exactly. Is Amos even in the Bible? What is that? Okay. Yeah. Any anything else? Any other thoughts? Okay. No lose. No lose. Yeah. Prideful? Like, oh, I'm going to get this. Yeah, I know right where Amos was. I studied that last night. Yeah. Competitive. Yeah. Okay, those are great. Those are great. Um, the reason I do that little experiment is just to highlight. I have, a, I have a feeling that some of you probably view Bible study in particular, this area of project, as something like a sword drill. Maybe you're coming into project feeling really nervous about Bible study, like, oh, I don't even know where Amos is, how am I going to be able to lead a Bible study with my room, or in that one-on-one before work? Uh, maybe some of you were like, oh man, I, I'm like coming into a project, ready to go, Bible study is my thing, I learned so much last summer, I learned so much this year, I'm just going to kill it in leading all these one-on-ones and all these sorts of things. Um, I have a feeling you guys maybe feel some of that coming into the summer. I would say, like, me coming into the summer for Project as a leader. Um, my room leader summer, uh, I had been a Christian for a year, and ironically felt, like, extremely ready. <laughs> so ready to, to do Bible study stuff. In particular, it was one of the areas I was really excited about, about being a room leader, because I thought I had learned a lot. I had, I had acquired a lot of knowledge. I spent a lot of time studying the Bible as a, as a new believer, and I was, like, ready to go. And I would say, ironically as well, last summer being project director, I felt far more insecure, far more afraid coming into the summer of like, I'm supposed to be the director here. I'm supposed to be a leader. I don't feel like familiar with this. I don't, I don't, first time is hard. Like, I don't understand these things. And I, I just want to like encourage you guys. I, I'm, I'm not going to teach you how to do inductive here or anything like that. I want to give some perspective on the summer about Bible study in particular. And just encourage you guys that the point of Bible study for the summer is not to exalt ourselves as Bible study masters, and it's not to shrink in fear that we don't know what we're doing. But the point of Bible study this summer is to see Jesus. We want to see him. It's why we go to the Word where God has revealed himself. If we, if we enter the summer with the mindset of, what do I have to offer, or what do I lack? We miss the point of seeing Jesus. And we want that for you guys. We want that for the other students who are coming in the summer. We want that for ourselves as a staff team to see Jesus clearly. And so that's what I want to talk about. Um, just some, some helpful things. The, the kind of like format of this, I have just like a couple points. And again, I'll try to do this quick so we get to Q&A. Um, Bible study is not dot, dot, dot. And I've got a couple things that I think Bible study is not for the summer at Project. So, here's the first one. Bible study is not one size fit all. Bible study is not one size fit all. My room leader summer projects, there was a guy in our room, and his idea of studying the Bible was to look literally only at the Greek language of the text. Because he knew Greek. <laughs> and so all of a sudden... Me, my room leader, some are thinking, I've got something to offer here. Felt extremely deflated in learning that one of the guys in my room who was older than me 
knew the Greek language, and I just didn't have anything to offer in that realm. Reed Jones was telling me a story about his room later summer, where there was a guy in his room who, his idea of a quiet time was going to the beach, putting his headphones in, and listening to worship music. He didn't want to go to the Bible. Um, there, there's going to be people who come to projects who are going to be in your rooms, who are going to be on your teams, um, who are coming in from like totally different backgrounds. Some people have a lot of exposure to studying the Bible, and some people have definitely never done it before. And either way, my encouragement is that even though we, we, the, we do like inductive Bible study or the Swedish method or coma or these different Bible study methods because we think that they're really helpful, that's why we want to equip you with tools to look at those things. But far more important than merely practicing those tools is loving the people in your room and meeting them where they're at. For the guy who wanted to study Greek, can you, can you imagine, like, if I go in and it's like, he doesn't want to take notes. He doesn't want to write observations. Well, get on the train, like, make some observations. Get out your notebook. Um, that would have destroyed that relationship right off the bat. To, to try and get him on my level or like, why aren't they doing what I want them to do? Why aren't they doing what I, they're supposed to do? Aren't they learning anything in your project? It's, it's far more important to meet people where they're at and get on their level. Like, ask them questions about how they like to study or where their method comes from. Like, have, have you done this your whole life? Or like, do you have any experience with the Bible at all? Um, Bible study is not one size fit all. Meet people where they're at. That would be the first one. Um, second one here. Bible study is not merely a daily task. <coughs> Bible study is not a daily task. I think my temptation, even now, being on staff, is to think, okay, I know Bible study is good for me. I know it's the place that I'll see Jesus. So I just got to do it today. I just got to get it done. So I'll go and have my little quiet time or read with someone and kind of check it off the list and treat Bible study as like my daily multivitamin. Like, I just got to kind of get this thing in. I know it's good for me. But then we'll just check it off the list and be done with it and compartmentalize our Bible study away from the rest of our days. At work, D group, socials, all, all those different things. Um, this is a really harmful way of thinking about the Bible, to think that it's something that we should just get done. And I think that as a leader at Project, the temptation to use it that way actually increases a lot. I think that as... We get down to the summer, as, as was the case, like, my room leader summer, I think, as I started realizing, like, oh, I actually don't have as much to offer as I thought I did, um, Bible study became something that was a little bit more manageable, it was a little bit more in my grasp, that if I at least go seven for seven, then I've got something to show for myself as a room leader, even if I can't quite get to the heart, or can't quite do these other things very well, at least I've got Bible study. And it became just the daily task. That's, that's not the point of Bible study. Again, the point of studying the Bible this summer, we're reading Philippians. We want to know Jesus. We want to see him clearly. And so my encouragement to you guys would be meditate on what you're learning. Don't let morning Bible study at Sam's Corner be just at Sam's Corner. Let it invade the rest of the space of your days. Bring it to work with you. Chew on the truth. Talk to the people who are in your room. Talk to the people who are on your team. Engage these things. Learn to memorize scripture. There, there's more to be had. There's more joy to be had in chewing on these things all day than to just sort of let them be done and check it off the list and compartmentalize our spiritual life through Bible study. So Bible study is not 
daily task. Okay, here's another one. This one's really important. Bible study is not for experts only. Bible study is not for experts only. I hope you guys hear me when I say this one. We didn't pick you guys as leaders for the summer because we think, oh, this is the cream of the crop. They, they know what Bible study is. They are the ones who are really equipped. They are the ones who can handle this over the course of the summer. That's not the primary reason. We, we haven't like evaluated skill sets and then chosen, okay, here's our team leaders, here's our servant team, here's our room leaders for the summer. We, we love you guys, and we feel excited about your growth for the summer. We feel excited about the growth for the other people who are going to be in your rooms and on your teams this summer. And so don't feel the pressure that you need to like memorize the commentary on the Philippians before you come to Project. Like, I just gotta, I gotta know this thing like the back of my hand before I come to Project, because otherwise, I haven't, I haven't met the expectation that I think that they might have for me as a leader. Don't get into that line. You guys are free to come in as you are as leaders this summer. And we, we are all, as a staff team, really excited for you guys' growth in Jesus this summer, and growth in Bible study, too, wherever you're coming in. Don't feel the pressure that you need to, yeah, memorize Philippians or, or something like that. It's not for experts only. We want you to see Jesus more clearly. Um, I'm going to skip a couple of these. Because what time do we got to leave? 10. Cool. Okay, I'm going to give these last couple of encouragements, and then we'll have like 10 minutes of Q&A time. I think that will be really valuable. So these are kind of like, these are things that didn't quite make it into the category of Bible study is not. These are just like miscellaneous thoughts. Um, final like encouragements. Uh, when I was a real leader at Project, I was asked to study the Bible with Nick Stromwell from our resource office. Um, and we hadn't met before, but he just, we went over to Sam's Corner, got into like good conversation, got to know each other a little bit more, and like lo and behold, oh, I gotta leave for work in 10 minutes. We didn't even get to the Bible study. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, like, maybe we'll do this later or something, or, I don't know, like, we just won't do this. We had a good conversation, whatever. And what Nick said was really simple, and it's stuck with me since, that a little time in Bible study is better than no time in Bible study. I would encourage you guys this summer, even, at, like, oh, man, I've been there. Like, the early mornings, it's hard to get up. Or, like, to consistently do this with people in your room, maybe people who don't even really want to study the Bible with you. I would say, get some time in the Word in the morning. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's a minute, look at the verse for the day. Fight to meditate on these things while you're at work. Enjoy these things. Not to check it off the list, not to treat it as your one-minute multivitamin or anything like that, but a little time is better. And I found that that specific day, that what we studied, really impacted me at work, and I think that's why it stuck with me, that it was like, wow, five minutes was better than just kind of like, you know, succumbing to the fact that we just didn't get time to do it today. Oh, well. And so I would say a little time in Bible study is better than no time in Bible study. Um, feel the freedom to learn from your disciples. As Anne had already mentioned, you guys might have people in your room, actually it's probably pretty likely, there are people in your room who've been walking with Jesus longer than you have. That's really common, actually, at Project. And I would say we're not expecting you, again, like to dispel any rumor or any sort of thought or projected idea. We're not expecting that you have the monopoly 
on intellectual know-how for Bible study or what Philippians really means. Feel the freedom and lean into the people in your room to learn from each other. We're in this thing together, so don't feel the pressure of, I gotta know everything. They can't teach me, I'm the leader here. Um, feel the freedom to learn from the people who are in your room and on your teams. And then uh, the last one too, this was just really impactful for me as a room leader, or not as a room leader, my first year project. Uh, Jared Grove was my room leader, and he asked me about midway through the summer um, to actually share a bit of what I was learning from Colossians while we were studying that summer. And I just remember feeling like, wow, like my room leader, the guy who I've been looking up to, who's leading me this summer, and he was not perfect in any way, but he asked me, he invited me, he desired for me to share what I was learning. That felt like something that I, I felt really honored by. And you know, it's like, here's like three minutes on what I'm you know, learning to just like kick off the group or whatever. Um, but that was like a really, I think, important thing for me to learn that he wanted to learn from me and wanted me to share what I was learning for the group. And I think that can be really impactful for people who have never been to a project before as you're learning something to incorporate to like a team group or another setting. So that's just another encouragement. Um, we're really excited for you guys to be leaders this summer and we're excited for the way that God's word can impact this summer. Um, God's word has changed you guys. And it's changed me. Um, he, he works through revealing himself in that way. And so, get excited. Like, ponder what, what God might do this summer in the lives of the people that you're leading and in your life. Um, we get to see him more. It's a great privilege. So, that's all I've got. And you want to come up? And uh, so, we have nine minutes. Okay. I thought we were going to have ten, but <laughs> nine, nine works. You want to sure? Okay. So you guys can ask any questions you want about um, getting to the heart, about Bible study, anything else that you're curious about. Maybe there's nothing here, but maybe there's something. What do rat ears really look like? Yes. No, we got it. Anything you want us to like double click on, get a little more info? One thing that I want to say as you guys think about questions, I was just thinking about this in a second of sharing, but I just thinking back to when I was a student at retreats and stuff like this, I just had this like pretty strong fear of the staff. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a room leader, and if I'm saying something to a girl and a staff person walks by and it's like not quite theologically correct, like, oh my, what if they, and I just felt like I, I mean, I'm, maybe you guys aren't. But, um, I mean, even for me, my first, today, my our first workshop, Paul was sitting there, and I was like, oh, I'd feel a little bit better if it wasn't Paul in here. <laughs> um, but I just think, like, just to put you guys at ease, like, we really, I mean, Devin said this, like, lots of times, but we really do love you guys, and, like, really are proud of you, and I feel like I've really worked in your lives, um, and so we're, like, really on your team, and there isn't a sense of, like, we're just waiting for you guys to mess up so you can tell you guys where you're wrong, but... Um, we really do love you and are proud of you and are glad you're here. Um, so. I'll start with the questions. Um, for getting to the heart, your first practical was humility is key, and your second one was ask questions and listen. Um, and thinking about like what might it mean to be humble, knowing that like 
we're like the same age as the people that we're leading. And there's like, there's not this like, you're the leader, these are the followers. Right. Um, and like part of what that might mean is like just building like a normal friendship with people. Um, how would, would, would that be tricky? Like how do you go about um, asking questions and initiating a lot mm-hmm. while trying to maintain kind of like we're on the same team, we're at the same level and stuff. So Yeah. Well, I mean, I think just thinking about like how do you ask your friends questions. Well, like I think that there can be ways where it's like, I mean, I've done this and people do this to me where it's like you're asking a question but you really know the answer. Like, do you think that was pride? <laughs> it's like, well, what am I supposed to say? No. Um, <laughs> So I think like just thinking about the way that you ask your friends questions, and maybe it's like maybe you need to learn how to ask your friends questions, and um, spend the next couple weeks when you hang out with your friends really fighting, like how do I get to know them, and how do I how do I engage them as friends as peers? Um, but I think about the way that I talk to my friends, it comes out of like just a genuine desire to know what they're thinking and how they're doing, and um, so I think coming alongside of them as a just means asking questions that you would ask your friends, and um, maybe not assuming when you ask a question that you know what their answer will be. Um, so, I don't know if that's what you're looking for. There's actually a different answer. Oh, okay. Well, you can... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would add one thing to, I kind of said this last time, but the, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys know, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think when I was like a ringleader, or honestly like even out on staff, I think that when people would share things that were deeper, um, maybe it was like a past struggle that they had, or just something like in their family history that was really hard. Maybe there was like absent parents, maybe there was abuse, maybe there was like eating disorders, maybe there's different things that are going on. Um, it's okay to not always have a response. It's okay to not <laughs> always know what to say. I think I felt a lot of pressure to think, okay, wow, they just dropped that like emotional bomb. How do I take it? Like, what's the right thing to hear? How do I get in deeper? Sometimes people just need to be heard. Uh, a lot of people who come to Project, um, I'm, I'm learning this about myself right now. Like, I think growing up in a lot of ways, I don't think I was heard by a lot of people, and that bred a lot of fear, different anxieties, insecurities, and things like that. It's really common. A lot of people have backgrounds like that, and so to just listen and to hear them, and to say, like, I don't even know it's like, I'm sorry, and to just be with them, I think that can go a long way, rather than trying to conjure some sort of, like, wise answer for them. It might not be what they and in addition to that, like Ian said, we love you guys. As a staff team, we're for you guys. As things like that come up, don't feel like you're alone. Like, oh wow, they just dropped this thing. Now I gotta figure this out, because that's what good leaders should do. Um, part of that humility is like come and seek help. Seek help from your team leaders, seek help from the staff. Um, talk to talk to us. Um, we're kind of in this thing together as leaders. When one helpful thing that as a staff we looked at, we, we've been doing like a lot of different training and like feelings and emotions and kind of like getting to the hard stuff. We watched this video, you guys should totally look it up. Um, it's about empathy. 
Dan's smirking. I liked it. Um, no, I like it. But yeah, if you, if you just like on YouTube type in like empathy cartoon or something like that. Um, Versus sympathy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's really good. Yeah, it's really. Good. I wish I would have watched it before I. Oh yeah, that would have been really helpful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was, it's really good. Yeah, that's that's your homework assignment. Go go look that up. It's like three minutes long. It's cool too. Like it's very like well done and yeah. has like cool music. And it's about bears and so sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any more yeah. questions? We have like two minutes. Any yeah. more questions? Any more for us? I had a robot Bible study. Um. I feel like for me, like belief is one of my strengths, and like, so I, if someone says something that I'm like pretty confident isn't true about the Bible, like if I'm like studying one on one or in D group or something, um, I uh, like it's really like that's really hard for me, and like I just get upset like pretty quickly. So like, would you guys have any tips for like how to kind of like gently redirect maybe towards like something that's or accurate. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like asking questions is a good place to start. Like, where where did you find that, or like how like, how have you come to that conclusion or that conviction? I think like learning more about it before just indicting it off the bat. I think that I have a belief as well. It's for my strengths finder, and I think like <laughs> like prophet mode can come out and like prophet priest king. Like that's not true. Like I think I can jump at that, but. I think that there's more empathetic ways of going there because of where people come from and I think asking questions can be a can be like a helpful way to start. I think that can be a helpful way to start, but um, I think someone had said it like friendship is really key there because friends speak into each other's lives and have like kind of like the the currency to be able to point those things out with each other. And if it's someone that you don't know it could be like, oh, you're attacking me in my theology? Come on, man. I've been going, I've been learning this my whole life. I think one thing, too, especially thinking, like, hey, you will be a team leader. And I think it's, like, it's hard to, like, hold both things. It's, like, you don't want to, like, jump, you know, jump down my throat. It's, like, that's wrong. But I think also, like, in a weird way, like, like no one's dumb. And so it's, like, where did you get that? It's, like, okay, he disagrees with me. So sometimes I feel like it can just be helpful in a loving way to be, like, I don't think that that's in the Bible. And then explain why. Because I feel like I feel like to hold both of those in, in tension. Like sometimes it is more loving to be like, you know what, this isn't a central gospel central issue. Like we're just gonna let it pass. Or I'm gonna ask questions about it. But also I think there can be times where people can really sense like he's asking questions because he thinks I'm wrong. Which he would just tell me I was wrong. You know. So I think using intuition in the moment to figure out which is more needed. But we should probably get Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach Minneapolis. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at campusoutreach.org.